Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther coming to you live today from Koreatown. With my co-host, Joey. No chill, pray no. Great to be here, Andy. I feel like on a day like today, I shouldn't even get the lead intro. It should be like, with our guest, Sean Merriman. Oh, and Joe's here. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because Sean Merriman's back in the building. Sean, it's good to have you back, man. Man, it's good to be back. Uh, you, got, you guys' fans are out of control. In a, in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. For six months, I was getting like just random, yo, go back on the dirty go back. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. No, no, you got to go like now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to go. We going, are you there yet? Are you there yet? Right. Drop your shit. Go do their show. Well, right. I, when you came in, I told you there's no there's no on the fence with our fans. You're either you're either one of their favorites or they're gonna attack you for life. And you came in first episode. They loved you. And you told us right when you got here, you're gonna reward them. You gave you gave us our own promo code on the lights out. Yeah. For the Lights Out brand? That's right. Uh, LightsOutBrand.com. We got a, a 50% off just for you guys' fans. So use the promo code, The Dirty Sports. And they 50% get 50, 50, 50% off. off. That's a, because that's a you, good discount. The, the fa- you guys' fans got me really got me back here, man. It's like, man, I got to go check these guys out. And I obviously, I still follow and some of the people y'all have on here. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> I need to get back in there soon. So. Now, is it The Dirty Sports or just Dirty Sports? The Dirty Sports. Okay. Nice. LightsOut.com. LightsOutBrand.com. LightsOutBrand.com. Yeah. How's that stuff going now? I see you're real busy with everything. Yeah. Uh, we're in uh, over... 300 stores in the country. You know, Tilly's being our, our main, you know, kind of retail partner. So you guys, if you got a Tilly's by you, go there and ask for Lights Out. And if they don't have it, do the Lights Out dance on their re- cash register until <laughs> they, uh, they bring Lights Out in there. And if you do that, have somebody uh, film it and send it to us. Because I want to see somebody doing the Lights Out brand at a Tilly's. If somebody do the Lights, lights out, out Dan dance. at Tilly's, you, you, get, you, get free, you get free Lights Out stuff. I'll send you free Lights Out. In fact, like, if they do brand. have the Lights Out brand there, just do the, do the Lights Out dance. Do with, it with your bag full of the stuff. Man, That's if I you do say. that, that stuff gets me hyped up. Does so. that include me? I want to. I want to go do the lights out thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I almost got so lately. I've been getting lines in my hair, and everybody's making fun of me, calling me Vanilla Ice, and saying you can't do this. I wanted to get lightning bolts, and in this side, but I didn't. Have, I just got back in town. I didn't have time, you know, for Sean to get the lightning bolts. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be down with that. You'd be down with that? I'll or would you say, that. come on, man? No, no, no. I'll maybe, be down with that. I totally. think maybe a light switch. Get a little light switch. And then you could do the lights out dance on the side of your head. Okay. That'd be, that'd be pretty dope. I mean, that would take I'll be right. down with that, too. See? That'd that would take cool. some time. I mean, lightning bolt, nice, nice old days, charger days. But, like, we're talking about actually Sean's brand here. Yeah. You know? Lights out. Okay. I gotcha. Man, that would, that would take a lot of time, though, right? Not for, really. For them to do that in my hair? Come on. It's just a, it's just a rectangle with a little switch. You got it. The only thing is you got to go to a black barbershop, man, because yeah. they whip that thing up quick. Well, see, I went. There's a barbershop by us in Venice. Right. And it's, how would you describe it? Like, it's pretty diverse. Most of the barbers are all Mexican dudes. Right. And, and my boy Trippy is, is <laughs> he's the guy who's been cutting my hair lately. And it's yeah. so funny because they were laughing. They're like, oh, the white guy wants lines. I said, yeah, let, let's have fun with it. But when I went in, Sean, last week before July 4th, I said, I want some like USA design. And he's like, no, man, you got to call ahead for that shit. Right. <laughs> he's like, he goes, I'm not the right guy. Right. We got guys in here, but I think you're right. I think I got to go to a black barber shop. 
Yeah, no, because they can they can put that together for you. They've probably done three before you walked in there, yeah. so it's <laughs> you know, so they can do that. So what's going on, man? You obviously, like you said, the fans were tweeting uh, at you. You tweeted at us, which I love. Like, let's get back on here because yeah. What was what was the one thing you're like? I got because you were like, I got some stuff to say. You're like, what, what, what's the one thing you wanted to really? No, it's it's just a lot of stuff that's going on, yeah. right? I mean, um, I think the the politics of 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 sports and everything has just gone crazy. I agree. It's just gone crazy. And for me, right, I have obviously the brand and, you know, doing a bunch of TV stuff. I just shot a movie for a BET movie that's coming out in a few months. Uh, I'm shooting another one called College Ball starting on Monday. So I've been kind of just busy doing stuff and getting things done. But when you sit back and you're watching nonsense in a, in a way, right, you're watching these people bring up things that have nothing to do with the game at all. And they're really just doing it for personal game. Game. That's it. They're just doing it to stay on TV, to stay on the radio, or to stay in the limelight. And I'm like, man, it's a lot of careers being made off of bullshit. Give me an example. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, look, man, you, you have you have people that say, like, what's the new the president, right, of uh, the Cardinals? Uh, right. Who, who yep. just came out. Yeah. So I, I hit up um, who came out in support of... Um, he said he... Well, I guess he went to high school. Right, or I, right. I think it was high school. He went to high school as one of the Supreme Court nominees, and now he's saying, oh, I've known him my whole life, and this guy's a great dude. Right. And, and, and everybody, especially the organizations and the owners and all this stuff, are saying, keep the politics out of sports. And now you have somebody who works for a team weighing in on a Supreme Court nominee. Right. This is, this is my thing about this, right? Um... Most of the players, majority of the players, really don't give a damn. They really don't. I hit up two of my boys to play on the team. And just kind of, I mean, I, I've been around these guys, so I understand it, what they feel or whatever. They'll go back and talk to their families or might be a house, you know, in conversation at home at the dinner table or in front of the TV. Like, can you believe that? You know, can you believe? You know, those conversations happen. But no one's affected really in a locker room. That's right. not affecting anybody going to work. And you have these people, these bloodsuckers in a way, that are trying to make a career for themselves and bringing politics into sports. When sports is really, in, in the history of it, has been the most universal thing of all races. Yeah. You know, no matter what background or where you come from, there's unified everybody on every platform. And now you have people that's trying to create lanes for themselves. I, if you got to feed your family and make no no problem, but don't sit here and feed these people garbage, so you can get ahead because that's just not right. And that's the that's are you, the, are you talking about pl players who are no I'm, I'm talking about people that's uh no the play not the players the commentators or right right broadcasters or host columnists whoever yep. yep who are creating fictional things that doesn't yeah. really exist in the locker room really they they don't people right. guys talk about it. You know, you might have a conversation or two about uh, the president of your football team supporting someone in politics when you just said, hey, we're not really going to get involved in politics. That, that might be a brief conversation, but it guaranteed will not affect anyone in how they come to work. Right. At all. But if you talk to somebody, if you see the stories that's written, some of these Twitter posts or, or Instagram or, or stories that's, that's written in general, you would think that guys aren't eating together at the lunch table. Right. In the locker room or in the building. And that's not the case. Yeah, so what you're basically saying is they set up this this storyline of someone being like, hey, I support Trump. I don't support Trump. We don't talk to each other in the locker room. When you're saying that's all bullshit, at the end of the day, it's just sports, and they're here to win. Right. No, exactly. Exactly what it is. And everyone has a, a different 
kind of perception of of what's going on right now. Uh, one thing that's always, as a former player, one thing that always got us back on the same page as players, as brothers, as teammates, you know, coworkers, and, and is the, the to be able to come together and win football games because we're on the same team, right? No matter where you come from, no yeah. matter who you support. And you have these people that's outside the game that's constantly trying to get their foot in the door that's creating conversations that's really not there. And that, for me, it pisses me off because now being an analyst, in a way, right, on on this side and looking to see what's going on, and you have to address topics that is really kind of BS. Yeah. It it really is. You know, guys don't – I just hit up two of my boys, right, to to play on the Cardinals. I just wanted to know. You guys, y'all, y'all really care this much about the president supporting them? Man, we don't. And th- you can figure the rest out from yeah. there. Yeah. But, that, that's, but that's now you have, you have the team, like the Eagles, they, they're not going to the White House. Right. And you've got, I understand that the, uh, as a football team, the way that everybody cares about each other right. is, is first and foremost above everything. But what's your take on the way that, People are getting involved, and ha- like the fact that these guys have to answer those questions because the government and the owners. I mean, we're making they're making rules now, saying without going through the NFLPA, without going through any sort of the system that's set up, and saying you guys can't do this. Right. Well, first of all, you can't have a president to call in players sons of bitches. Right. That's first and foremost. That'll automatically t- get guys to say we're not coming to the White House, which is one hundred percent understandable. You're not going to call me out my name. And expect me to come and shake your hand in gratitude. It's just not going to happen. Um, two, at the end of the day, guys can you, you can stand for whatever you want to. You just have to know when to do it. You have so many people outside of the sport, right? Some most of these people never even played a team sport, let alone right. anything professional, collegiate. You know, might have played a freshman year and a sophomore year in high school or something. The way people talk about it, you would think they're all four-star generals. That played in the NFL. Right. Like, oh, I know what it's like to care about, you know, the military, and I know what it's like to be a pro bowler. It's like, you, you weren't any of those things. You, nothing. And, you know, somebody stepped on your, feet, your foot one time in practice in, in, in high school and with a clean on, and you quit. Yeah. Right? But yet, you're giving these NFL players advice and trying to, you know, divide locker rooms and say these certain things to get them to sway to whatever opinion you want them to, to, to sway to. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with Colin Nick or anybody else stepping up to a platform and doing and, and expressing their feelings. There's zero problems with that. I actually applaud it. But you have to know when to do it now because you have guys who are quality guys, people, quality players who don't have a job right now. Right. So to me, from the outside looking in, and that being also being a, a former player, how smart is that? Well, you, my, my criticism of these owners is – when I sign up as a fan for season tickets, I'm making a commitment to you. I'm paying NFL tickets are not cheap. Right. They make you pay for the two preseason games. They make you pay for parking. They make you buy a seat. You first you have to own a seat. Then you have the ability to buy the ticket. You're I'm making a commitment to you to pay a lot of money to see it. And the commitment that I expect from you is you're putting the best team you possibly can on the field so that my ticket price, I know you're doing the best job that you can to make my ticket price worth it. When you have a guy that's your starting quarterback or even your backup quarterback, because God forbid, we all know quarterbacks get hurt a lot these days. You're you're saying, I'm not going to have a 
the best backup I possibly can. I'm going to have – basically, if our starter gets hurt, our season's over because I don't like a guy's politics. To me, you're stealing my money. You're saying, hey, there's a chance six games into the year that we're going to know we're not going to win anymore, and you you still have to pay for us. I don't get to, I don't get to walk away if the starter goes down. And, and to me, that's like – I feel like you're stealing my money. Yeah, well, you can look at it like that, or you can look at it – a guy coming at being a distraction away from the game from the start, right? Yep. This is the problem um, that happens a lot. When you, when you have a guy – let's take Colin Kaepernick or anyone else who, who stood up you know, against the anthem and, and took a knee or whatever. When you have guys who are taking that kind of stand, right, uh, you have these reporters – who come from all over the country, sometimes all over the world, and want to interview you. Say you're playing a big game this Sunday, right? You got the the Packers, or you got the you know whoever coming up. It's not about the game. These reporters want to talk about your protest. They want to talk about why you're kneeling. They want to talk about your stance on the political side. Not only ask you, but now they're asking your teammates. So what part is uh, is focusing on? the game that you're about to play. I just feel personally that right now in this day and age, you have so many different platforms to go and promote your cause, so many different ways to get your voice out there that you have to watch when they do it. And that's not being a coward. That's not being uh, you know, scared. That's not standing up for your cause. That's being smart. Right. That's being smart. You know, you get paid a lot of money. Right, you get paid a, a extremely a lot, a extremely a large amount of money that no, a lot of people aren't making. Not only in the country, but just in the world in general. And you have to protect that because you have a family. So if my cause gonna stop me from playing the game that I one love and two make money to take care of my family, I'm making a not so smart decision. Well, I've I've two questions for you because one. If this all started, we, we keep saying Colin Kaepernick, because this all started with Colin, right? Colin was sitting on the sideline in preseason games, and, then, and he wasn't saying anything to anybody about anything. And then the reporters come around, and they go, why are you sitting? And then he, sa- then he says his piece, and then it's everybody freaks out, you can't do this. And then other players get on board, and they go, you can't tell him what he can and can't do, and right. now we have support. So it, it all started with somebody who was not – sort of trying to draw the attention, he was just sitting on the sideline. Right. And so, like, everybody's saying keep the politics out of it, but it seems like the issue is that the media is the one that's not keeping the politics. They all want to make it a Well, it's, it's great for us. Yeah. Right? I'm on, a, I'm on an analyst side, so I'm talking about it all the time. It's great for you. It's great for you. It's, it's great for anybody on the opposite side because it gives us a wonderful conversation to talk about. Right. It keeps things going. It, it keeps throwing fuel to the fire, and that's great. But if you're talking about the game and players and how players are affected by certain things in the locker room and what's being said, I would say 75% of it is really garbage because it's not going to affect anyone coming to work. Well, that's my question for you, too. So if you're a player in the locker room and you spent you know, many years in, the, in an NFL locker room, and you're in your, you know, you have the you have the post practice and the pregame and the postgame, all these times where you're sort of required to sit there and answer questions from the media. Is does it make a difference to you whether you're talking about your wide receivers touchdown celebration, 
the personal foul somebody got, politics, the strategy. Like, does it matter to you what you're talking about when you're sitting down? Does that have any effect on your preparation? You go, okay, this week you got to talk about that late hit somebody had. Next week you got to talk about somebody kneeling for the anthem. Does it have any effect on you as a player? Yes, it does because that's where the division starts, right? So if you want to ask me about, say I'm Colin Kaepernick's teammate, and he kneels and he's he's standing up for a cause, which is very well known the reason why he's doing it, and you know, which is a really good cause. But you go over and ask a guy who doesn't really believe in the same thing he believes. So no matter which way it's said or, or how it comes across, there can be a, a, a subtle jab right there at your teammate saying, hey, I, I don't believe in that. I don't believe you should kneel. So now all of a sudden the perception you're giving to people is, oh, you don't think anything's wrong with police brutality against blacks in the country. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right. I'm just saying that I don't want to kneel during the game or before the game because I can go and, and put my money and my time where my mouth is to an organization that I believe supports the cause. And I have – there's no troubles with that. Uh, there's no – the team doesn't have a problem with it. It's not affecting any of my teammates. And I can do everything away from that situation on my own. So uh, I guess what you're saying is the – the only real difference is if they're asking about whatever, you, you, you sort of have to do a little bit more mental gymnastics to be careful not to say this, to put yourself in a bad position, to start a bigger fire with a story than if they're just talking about, hey, you know, your, your quarterback did this this week. You're just, then you can just answer honestly. Yeah. You know what? That, was a, that wasn't a great pass that he threw. He probably could have done a lot better. That is an honest criticism. That is a football – if you turn on a film and watch the tape of him playing, you'll see he made an incomplete pass. He threw the ball into uh, cover three that he probably shouldn't. He, that is a honest, but when you honest answer. But when you start talking about, I don't think he should kneel. Yeah. Right. Boom. No matter what you say after that, you're that headline yeah. is going to be taken, and now you're a target. That's where the division starts. Well, because they, they always talk about it's a distraction, it's a distraction. But then you – this isn't the first time we've heard the phrase distraction. You always hear, you know, T.O.'s a distraction with his celebrations. Uh, Odell Beckham. Yeah, Odell Beckham's, right. you know, knocking yeah. over uh, whatever. Johnny Manziel's a distraction. Tim T Tebow's a distraction by being a, a great – like, he brings this distraction. I, and I, he's that's, not even, that's one thing I don't think people talk about enough. He was a major distraction. Right. He was a he was a huge and I love Tom, Tim Tebow is a great friend of mine. I love him to death, but he was a distraction sure. because of his following and just how much people, you know, his fan base and his loyalty of, of people. So if he's not on the field starting, now you have controversy right away from his just following. Right. So if he's not on the field playing well, uh, or the quarterback is not the starting quarterback is not playing well, shall I say, you automatically gonna have these these Tebows. Right, these fans everywhere going yeah. to go crazy. What's the difference between Tim Tebow not being a second string quarterback, which I believe he can be, right, in NFL on on at least at least ten teams probably play there at some point, and Colin Kaepernick? There's right. none, right? There's none, but no one wants to talk about that because you you have to make it a race issue so you can stay well, in the line. You know, my the only defense I would say to that is Tebow had four shots. You know, they get the Eagles gave him a shot. Belichick gave him a shot. The Jets gave him a shot. He was with the Broncos. Colin Kaepernick went from having a $120 million contract 
to a bad season where he backs, you know, Gabbard up, takes the job, and now he's out of the league. Right. Now, that being said, from a def- especially a defensive player standpoint, because I feel like the greatest defensive player in football, and you were one of them when you played, you're never getting the attention that the that the middle of the pack quarterback's going to get. When you're a defensive player on a team, for example, let's take the Houston Texans. Right. Last year, Deshaun Watson comes in. He's, he takes over for uh, Savage, and it completely changes their team. Colin Kaepernick's out there when an athletic guy, you know, a similar, at, at least a, a similar athletic specimen to sort of what Deshaun Jackson, mobile, big arm, all this stuff. When you're a defensive player, are you sitting there going, man, Deshaun Watson gets hurt and Colin Kaepernick's just sitting out there and now I got to go out there with Tom Savage, our season's over? And I'm not taking away from Tom Savage. He's better at quarterback than I've ever been in anything in my life. But he's a completely different player from one that just suddenly changed your team. And, like, as a defensive player, you go, man, like, I kind of take the distraction right now. Right. Well, you want to speak from a player standpoint or owner standpoint? I want to speak from your because you're a player in the locker room. As a former player, I would, yes, be screaming for Colin Kaepernick to come in because I know he's capable of winning some games for us. So as a player, I want to win. Right. If I own a team, you're saying, "Give me the distraction, give me the oh, yeah, questions, yeah. I, you know, give we'll, it all. We'll, we'll, I'll deal we'll with take it. it." Especially when you're in their situation and you you're starting quarterback, and not just a starting quarterback. He probably could have been a player of the year quarterback, right? Yeah, goes down and you know change the course of your season. So yeah, I'll, I'll have say yeah, we, let's bring him in. Let's bring see him. how I'll, he looks. I'll, I'll answer those questions. I'll, now. I'll answer you know some <laughs> questions, but I wouldn't I wouldn't start a season out with him right. as a owner. I think he – look, Colin Kaepernick can be a backup on 20 teams in the NFL. No no question about it. He can yeah. play. Uh, it's just what do you give up? What do you deal with in order for, for, for him to come in and be a backup? That's really what it comes down to. But I, but I guess that question for me is what, what are you really giving up? Because I, th- I think the fans – I always call it fake patriotism. I think a lot of this shit is bullshit. It's fake patriotism. Right. Over the anthem, over the – these people who act like they care so much about our country, you know – we're glad to have you in here because Joe and I have struggled a lot with this, Sean, because especially as, co- as, as comedians, as people who are such advocates of free speech, when the owners come in here and say things like, you can't kneel or you can't do this, to me it just turns into a free speech issue. And, and I get that they're entitled to fire people. I get that it's a private business, but it's the only job, and we've said this, we, we didn't have to sit here and play and, and stand for the national anthem before we started podcasting. Right. You know, what's your like what would be your advice to guys like us where the NFL is literally turning people away, whether you agree or disagree with how people kneel, stand, sit, whatever. My opinion is why are you trying to take away free speech on an anthem that you're trying to force down people's throat? Like what would you say to guys like us who say you know, especially Joe started selling all his giant shit. Like he's that mad at the NFL for you know, going after the players and trying to prohibit their free speech. Well, well, first and foremost, I think the NFL han- mishandled the situation from the start. I think that they w- would agree. They would agree to that. W- what I'm saying, they mishandled it because they could have nipped it in the bud and made it something that was a small issue at the time. If, in their eyes, go away, they could have said, "Hey, you know, by the way, if you do that again, Neil, 
is detrimental to the team, nipping in the bud. But then when you start having other players to do it, now you have a bigger problem than just dealing with Colin Kaepernick. Um, and like you said, the son of a bitch thing, that was the weekend. Everybody did it. That, that's, you know, when you do that, but look who, look who said it. Right. You know, I'm, I've known Donald Trump for 10, 12, yeah, 10 years, 12 years. I haven't talked to him since he's been in the office. It's a lot of stuff going on that I definitely don't want to be a part of or be involved in. Uh, but look who you're talking about. You're talking right. about someone who, who, who loves to poke the bear and loves to get a reaction out of you. That's, and, who, and who the NFL didn't want to be a part of their league. Like, no, that's something that people forget. It's for, with Buffalo, when he went after the team yeah. in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, I, remember, I remember that because I talked to him then around that time. Uh, look who you're talking to. So he, he wanted to find a way to penetrate into the locker rooms and penetrate into the NFL and disrupt what's going on. And guess what? Mission accomplished. He did just that. Because now he has people thinking that Colin Kaepernick is doing something wrong by kneeling, which he's he's not in in how he's trying to express himself, how he's trying to express himself. But from the outside looking in, the people who's trying to kind of point the angles and, and change your perception of what's going on, he's in the wrong. Calling guys sons of bitches, what do you think is going to happen, right? Yeah. You think that the NFL, you think guys in the NFL that's, what, 70% African-American, right, or more? Right? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? You think guys just not going to say anything and stay quiet? No, they're going to re- rebel and do everything against you possible. Which is that for, for for Donald Trump? That's a win. So my my thing is, and I would love to hear this again because you've been a player, you've been in a locker room, you have people that fight for you. The the NFL Players Association, their job is to fight for your rights as a player, and then there's the owners. That are, you know, it's not a fight necessarily. It's a it's a negotiation. You guys are always trying to everybody's always trying to get a little bit a better deal on their end. The NFL makes this rule that you have to stand or stay in the locker room and they do it without going through the players association. If you're in the locker room and, you know, you're going into OTAs, are you like, how how did this even happen? Like, how did they do this without asking our permission? Like, as a player, are you calling your reps and you're going, like, what is this? Or you're just like, I'm just working out. I'll put it this way. I've never asked the Players Association to do anything for me or with me since I retired. I just haven't. Yeah. Um, they're there. <laughs> you know, I, I, they're there. They're present. Yeah. Um, you have some people in there that work their tails off and really about protecting and doing what they have to for the players. But you have a lot that doesn't do jack collecting salaries. Right. Um, that's not really for the players as much as they are getting paid. And that part, it is what it is. Um, on, the, on the other side of, of what you just asked me about setting rules, well, I think that people sometimes misunderstand this, right? Because you're NFL players, you get paid so much money, you're a celebrity athlete in a way too, right? You're still an employee. Right. Right, so if your your boss was just in here, if he comes and say you guys got to wear suits, blue suits, every day, here, we, you got to wear blue suits, or we could go somewhere else, or you go somewhere else. That's that's my that from the how I look at it. That's the options you have. Right, you wear blue suits, or you go work somewhere else. 
Or you go raise the money and go buy a team yourself, and you can do whatever you want. You can have everybody in the front office and on the field kneeling at the same time. You can do whatever you want to. So my question is because I, let's and like I almost want to get away from the anthem thing because we have you here. There's so many things we want to talk to you about. We don't want to do an hour on right. the the thing that ESPN's talking about 24 hours a day. So let's put the anthem thing aside. I love the NFL. Yeah. I love I've always loved football. I played football with pads on from seven years old. Like I love the game of football. I want to watch. But I as a guy who played and a guy who I, I look, I've never owned a team. So I I feel for the players more than I feel for an owner. I think you guys get a raw deal in contracts aren't guaranteed. I think you get a raw deal in they know they're putting you in a position to get physically harmed. And they know they're not going to do the best job that they could possibly do to take care of you after the fact. They're not setting you up necessarily for a great post-career life unless you play a bunch of years in the league, unless you make a Pro Bowl, unless you make a name for yourself where you can show up on TV and they go, I know who Sean Merriman is. I care about his opinion. So if I support the players and I think you guys are getting a little bit of a raw deal from the NFL, what do I do as a fan? Do I boycott? Do I... Tweet about it? Do I podcast about it? Do I sell my jerseys? Do I buy more jerseys? What's the what's the move for me to support you as an NFL player? Well, first, what did what, what you just say? Somebody always asks me, right? What's your, who's your favorite team? Well, I never had a favorite team. Even as, even as a kid, I never had a favorite team. I like the players. So I would support players. I would support the guys who make me one of – Follow the game. You know, I, I used to love Deion Sanders, Barry Sanders, and Michael Irvin, all these guys who were just animated and they danced and they were entertainers really of the game. Those guys made me want to play football, right? So I, I, those are my favorite players. Going to burn your favorite player's jersey, why? Or throw it away or sell it, why? You have a favorite player. You have a favorite guy who you love to watch because of whatever. Maybe he's really deep into helping people in charity, Maybe he's a great guy in the community. Maybe he's just a badass. Maybe it's something about this player that made you watch the game. Why you don't support the player? You you, you know you should be happy repping the guy's jersey, his name on the back of your back because of the, how you feel about this guy. So that I never really under uh, really understood that. The second thing about guy uh, about people and fans and uh, not really supporting or selling jerseys, not coming to the games or whatnot, things are changing, man. I mean sometimes I just rather watch the game at home. Yeah. You know, I'd rather go somewhere else where it's not so much of a hassle to be at the stadium, the park. Like we talked about earlier, expensive parking and the cost of food and drinks or whatever at the stadium. The whole hassle, when you could do that right at home with your friends, family, whoever. And things are changing. Internet, streaming. Well, you you know, you're here, and we talked about it up front, and you gave us a great promo code for the Dirty Sports on the top brand. But what I did and what – you know, this is I, I'm I'm truly struggling because I don't have my own answer. But I took my Giants gear, I sold it to Giants fans that still want it. I took the money, I gave it to the ACLU, fight for you know freedom of speech. And then what I did, like you said, I went because you guys have your own brands now. I went directly to Odell Beckham's personal site, right? And I bought OBJ gear. Right. He gets that money, not the NFL. I'm gonna buy lights out gear with my money that I sold my NFL gear for because. I just don't need it. I just don't need it filtered through owners that I feel like are taking advantage of athletes that are, are spilling blood, sweat, and tears on the field, and owners are making the money off it. Yeah, I mean, 
but also too as a player, right? Um, I knew early on that it is a business. It is a straight up business, and you're a jersey number sometimes, and um, and you have to treat it as such. You know, you have close relationship with the owners or the front office and PR and the uh, you know the strength and conditioning coach and everybody, the equipment guys around the building. You all have great relationships with them, but never forget in the back of your head that it's a business first. So if a player is only going to play three, four years or five years max or whatever, you know, I got a you know decent sized career out of, out of myself, but you got these guys that only stick around for three, four years. If you know that this is the game and this is the game you play, get ready. Set yourself up for long after this game is done with you because it's going to be done with you at some point in time. So if you go into it thinking you're just going to play this luxury, you know, luxurious 10 years and you're just going to be out there and choose what team you want to play for and get the contract money, you're living in a fantasy. That day that you're drafted, you, it's a business. Yeah. And you treat it as such. So to answer the question real quick, would you think our option would be to support the league, support the fans? Not, you know, if we have issues with how the owners are treating the actual players, I, I guess. We'll go, go watch the game at Buffalo Wild Wings and uh, buy some lights out stuff. Definitely buy the lights out <laughs> stuff. Yeah, for sure. I have, I have some other good advice for anybody who is going to games, whether it's football, basketball, concerts, they should get those tickets on SeatGeek, right, Joe Prano? That's right, SeatGeek. Get yourself, get yourself a discount. That's right. If you want to not a lights out brand discount, but it's a pretty good discount. It's a really good discount. All the listeners, that's you guys, get twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. Any sort of event, again, comedy shows, concerts, sports, Broadway. You, you ever you ever go to? What are some of the arts that you like to see? You like to see any arts? Yeah, I view SeatGeek. You view SeatGeek? Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? You can use them again, Sean, because like I said. But they got to hook me up that same promo code I just gave you guys. That's the the deal. That's (laughs) right, guys. So if you want to take advantage of this great offer for the $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase, just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And I was thinking about using SeatGeek jokes. We need need to go to a Dodgers game. Let's do it. And Angels. And Angels. Yeah. It's baseball season. And maybe use that SeatGeek promo code too. It's so tough. It's still tough to say, Sean. The Los Angeles yeah. Chargers. Let's let's talk about that. Right. Is it weird that you played for them in San Diego? Obviously, you live in LA now. Like, like, what's what's your feeling going in now? What this will be the this will be the second year. second year as the Los Angeles Chargers? Do you like? Do you have mixed feelings? Are you enjoying it? Is it growing on you? No, it's I'm enjoying it. Um, it was bound to happen at some point. Nobody just knew when it was going to happen. Uh, and I always say Los Angeles charges now. Yeah, now it just comes off, and that's the first thing I think about. Yeah. But at the draft, they asked me to come out and, and call out the, uh, I think it's the second-round pick, Forrest Lamp. And, uh, man, I, I almost – I wanted You're to – backstage rehearsing? I wanted Los to – Los Angeles. Los Angeles. A, a thousand <laughs> times I said Los Angeles charges in, in the back. And right as I'm saying it to myself in the, in the corner – uh, uh, Commissioner Goodell, Roger Goodell comes up to me and he interrupts me and I almost said San Diego again, like walking out right behind him because it's just that's that's what I knew. That's yeah. who I you know who I played for. Um, and I'm walking up and I'm walking up and I got it. I'm confident. I feel good. 
and I'm walking behind Roger Goodell, and there's 100,000 people out there, right? I'm looking up, and I said, holy shit, right? I just stopped for a minute. And they all born, born the hell out of Roger Goodell. Yeah. They born him. <laughs> Isn't that great to yeah. see live, though? I mean, it, they were – I've never seen – it almost – I did a uh, – uh, a WWE match some I, years ago. I was ago. gonna say, yeah, you you dabbled. I was gonna bring yeah. that up. You dabbled in the WWE. For yeah, a I did. I did a pay per view some years ago, and uh, it was almost like being a heel, in a way. It was almost like being a heel because it, I never heard so many people boo one person before in my life, and it almost made me nervous because I'm in Philly. I played for the Chargers, so I didn't know it at first that they were booing me, <laughs> right? So I got up and right before they announced me, and then I got the cheers. I'm like, oh god, they were, thank God they were booing him. That's that's great. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I, you know, I said it, Los Angeles charges, but it, it always remained in, in the back of my head. And you've done, uh, we saw you last season, you were on the sidelines yep. doing a bunch of this stuff. And we were just talking to you before the show started. Uh, what do you think of that, that stadium down there in Carson? Obviously they're moving to the big one. I don't know, I guess still a couple more years away, but what's it like, uh, what's, what's the atmosphere like being on the sideline during those games down in that, in that little stadium? It's great. Um, you know, for the only hold what twenty thousand, twenty nine thousand plus or whatever it is, uh, it doesn't feel like it at all. You know, you feel like you got forty plus in there because just how it's built. Uh, there's no bad seat in the house. Um, you can go all the way up there and change the light bulb. You can still see the entire field. It's it's that good. So, uh, I I wouldn't mind playing in it when I play. That, yeah, you know, Qual Qualcomm. <laughs> You know that wasn't. Uh, oh, it's a dump. It was. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I, you know, I drove by there the other day. It's. It's. Cause I had a show down there a couple weeks ago. It's just depressing. Yeah, I it's, went to the YouTube concert there last like September, and you're walking around. And you're like, man, this is like. It's truly. It. It almost feels like they've gotten rid of the state because it's just concrete bones. Yeah, and you're like, Did, and they're like, no, this is just how it's always been. Yeah, and the yeah the stadium in this the, that that stadium in Carson the StubHub Center is really nice. It there it's got a great vibe. Now the the talk last year was whoever came to town it was filled with their with their fans. Did you get that vibe a lot or or, or an abnormal amount of away that, fans? That definitely happened, especially early on um, when it went on four. Yeah, I mean you would go there and it like oh did, where am I at? Is this <laughs> Is this Chargers fans or yeah. it's who, whoever else? Now, you're going to have your, your strong fan base that travel. You're going to have a ton of Philly fans. You're yeah. going to have a ton of Oakland fans. You're going to have that no matter what. Even in San Diego, when we were there, you still had that no matter what. you got the strong fan base. They're going to show up. They're going to be their Chiefs fans the same way. They travel like crazy. Um, but when they started to win and go on that, go on that streak, that's when things, when things change. And you, it finally felt like it was their stadium. A lot of people, I know it's still early, but a lot of people in the last couple of months are already talking about, everybody's like, I can't even call it like the low-key pick now because so many people are picking but a lot of people like the Chargers next year in that division. How you feel about what these Chargers put together? They, they got the best shot. You know, they were only one, one game off from slipping in the playoffs last year, and then they become dangerous. You know, you look at the look at that team, and I'm looking at the teams that I played on from 05 to the old, to, you know, 2009, 2010, and we were just stacked. We were stacked all over the place. You could have a backup guy come in and easily could be a playmaker. We were so stacked. We had, I think, 11 Pro Bowlers one year, 11 or 12 Pro Bowlers one year. They have that type of team now. And you have a, a good three-year, three- to four-year window to win something. 
right? So from 2000, I would say 2006 to 2009 for us, we had the chance to you know, win a championship or two. Then they had a couple years where they just, they just, they wasn't good. Right now, they have that three-year window again from right now because Phillip is still their quarterback. You got to, you know, run it back and Melvin Gordon in the backfield. You got three wide receivers who are capable of being number one wide receivers on any team in the NFL. You have a defense. They got uh, uh, Dar- Darwin, Darwin James, right, from Florida yeah. State that just came in. You got two great pass rushes. Look, at, look around the teams now. The, 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 the secondary is stacked. So look at that team now and then look at the 016. And they have exactly the same type of formula to go out and win a ring. So they got three years right now. They got they got the start. last the last few years of Rivers. Before exactly. then you gotta hit the reset button. Exactly. So you got these you got three years. It, it is really it really comes down to a math. You got three or four years, unless you're the Patriots. I mean, they you know, they got a they got a, a system going on over there. But right. you really got a three or four year window, tops four years, to go out and win a win a ring. Now We've talked to you, and I'm, I know you got the tweets about everybody wants Philip Rivers stories. But before we <laughs> before we get into Philip Rivers stories, something and the day you hit us up and said so much to come back and talk to, that was the day of the boogie news. I know there's basketball in the air. I know you're a basketball guy too, yep. but something that really sort of bothers me on the internet, and I wanted to hear your take on it as an as an athlete who's who's in it is everything is now just ring counting. Everything is. I mean, there are people that are that are actually out, out there saying Kobe Bryant is a better basketball player than LeBron James because he has five and LeBron has three. You played on a Chargers team that came super close. Phillip Rivers has all-time stats. I mean, Phillip Rivers is top ten in everything. When If he doesn't win a ring, he retires with none. I feel like that's the, the first thing people go to to discredit a guy like that, and I think it's grossly unfair. Yeah, as an athlete and a guy who played in the locker room with a guy like Philip Rivers, what do you think about when people just go, "Well, he didn't win anything"? It's two things, right? Like what you just said, it's the ring count, and two, if they like you or not. You know, LeBron James gets a lot of slack because people he's not liked by whoever, you know, haters or whatever you want to call them. Philip Rivers is. For a big part of it, it's not liked because he's misunderstood. Yeah. He really is. Um, I, I didn't like – when I played at University of Maryland, he played at uh, at NC State, I didn't like Phillip Rivers because I was playing against him. You know, you don't have too many quarterbacks that's willing to say something back to you after you hit him or to kind of get chatty with you in the middle of the field in the game. And he's not saying anything bad. I mean, for God's sake, he doesn't even curse. <laughs> yeah. So, look, how, how, bad can it, how bad can it really be? Well, that's what I'm saying. What is, what, if he's not cursing, this is what I always want to know, Sean. If Philip Rivers isn't cursing, what is his <laughs> What is talking? he saying to you? Is he like, dag, dag, gosh, man? Gosh darn it is, is his. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it is his, one of his favorite ones. Uh you know, he says everything but it. I, I I got him pissed off one time where I thought he was going to curse, and he didn't. And I knew after that nobody else could make him curse because I got him to that level. And it's like it's the thought that counts. You know what I mean? It's like if you're saying if you're just screaming "Gosh darn it!" all day, you may as well be saying "God damn it!" You know what I mean? Like, not, I mean, he, he not even not even that. Yeah, you won't even get that out of him. Yeah, he, he um, won't even say "God damn it." No, that's why he says no, "Gosh darn it." No, no, it, right? he won't. He won't even say that. But 
if you're if you're a fan, right, on the on, on the uh, opposing team, and you're watching the game, and somebody's kind of neck is jarring back right. and forth, you see his mouth, and he's animated, you automatically think he's mother effing and doing. Yeah. That's what I would think. That's what I thought when I was at Maryland, NC State, because I watched more film, and before the the play starts or after it stops. You see him pointing across the line of scrimmage saying certain things, but he's really telling a linebacker, hey, I see you coming on the next play. I seen the last one. But it looked like he's saying, you mother effer, you suck. And, yeah. this, you know, that's that's kind of his persona and how he came across. So when we were about to plant, I said, man, I'm going to get to – I'm going to slam him as soon as I get a chance to. I, as soon as I get to him, I'm going to do the worst things to him. And when I was drafted by the Chargers and I got a chance to be around him, I was like, this is the – most competitive person I've ever been around in my entire life because he wants to win that bad. And he is unlike any other quarterback position because you don't think a quarterback is going to say anything to you at all, right? You know, most most quarterbacks don't. But him, he's going to say something. Not negative, not cursing, but he's going to say something back. And that just rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But as far as his stats, when it's all said and done, if he doesn't get in the Hall of Fame, it'll be a shame. I think he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And and it's the same thing. Like, I just don't understand. Like you said, it's incredible the way people decide who to like, who not to like. I'm a Giants fan, former Giants fan, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> but I, people don't like Eli Manning. Right. And people discredit basically the same stats as Phillip Rivers. They come in at the same time. Their stats are identical. Eli has one, and people are going, this guy's not a Hall of Famer. This guy's a – and it's like – He's the nicest guy ever. Right. It's like, what is there not to like about these guys? Yeah, you. I think that once the mindset is made up that you don't like somebody, that's it. You know, and look at and look at the Hall of Fame. Look at T.O. You know, yeah. T.O. Come but, on. But see, and that's what we always bitch about. Like, bringing back to your point earlier in the show, it's these guys who didn't play any competitive level of sports or football, whatever it is. Baseball, it happens too with the Hall of Fame. And they're the one voting. This is where the whole system's bullshit. They're going to vote on T.O. because he didn't give interviews that they liked or he wasn't maybe the nicest with the media. To hold someone like him out, that's a travesty for him to wait that long for what he did. And they just – they need to revamp the system. Like, like why don't the players have more of a say or the former players, right? Wouldn't that be a more fair system? I I always felt it should be a mixed panel of people who, who voted. Um, because you're gonna have it go either way. You're gonna have you, you might have some former players who didn't like T.O. But if we're talking about talent, yeah, we're talking about numbers and what he did on a football field. He's a shoe in, yeah. But for him to sit out this long is the same thing, and, and that's I think what what Philip is going through right now. How was that even a look at his numbers? And he's probably gonna put up these numbers for the next two years. So yeah. add two more years onto what he's already done. And you tell me he's not a Hall of Famer. Well, that's what I always say to these people who who are arguing against this. Like, unless there's only six quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame, how's the guy with the seventh most yards and the seventh most touchdowns and the tenth most wins ever? How is he not in the Hall of Fame? Right. How is he not? And it's ridiculous. But you were a guy. You were pretty animated, obviously, on the field. Oh yeah. Uh, But I didn't. But the difference with me, I didn't mind being not liked. Right. I didn't really care. It was almost for me. It it was fuel to my fire to go out and keep the team pumped up and kind of be a villain. I had a God's sake, I had a blue mohawk that was just going crazy on yeah. Sundays. 
And was that, that was, part was of your strategy? Hey, if I take a little bit of attention, maybe they're taking a little bit off of this guy, and maybe we're... No, I wanted every piece of attention I can get. It fueled you. It fueled me because, you know, when we went in to play some of the big quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, or whoever it was, I was I loved that. You know, I posted the other day about me not ever going to play for the Patriots. Right. And uh, it was everywhere. I mean, yeah. it was especially out there. But, you know, I just spoke the truth. You know, it's, it's not even a uh, a hatred kind of thing. I just don't think that I would ever fit in in that organization. Simple as that. Right. Just your personality. Yeah, I wouldn't. And then you had, you had a hate for them as being, you know, rivals with them. Right. Now, a lot of people have obviously been criticized across sports. Um, but, you know, now you look at what's happening with the Warriors, with Boogie, with the way LeBron's changed teams now, you know, twice, uh, three times, if you include going back to the Cavs. Do you think that's just a change in the, the – like, is that just like a millennial thing? It's like that's just not there anymore where people go – like you said, it's a business now, and you have to make a business decision. Or do you think that's just – do you think there's still players in sports who are who have a little bit of a Sean Merriman edge who are like, no, nah, I would never play for the Patriots? Yeah, you have some. Um, Russell Westbrook being that type of guy. You have – I mean, you have plenty out there. The difference in, in going to play for another team is not the problem. It's going to play for a team that's consecutively knocked you out. Right. Of – Like Durant going to the – to the that, Warriors, yeah, they, to, they, they, you know, of two months after they they beat him and they come back on him. That part, that part, I would have a problem with. But how the game and, and everything is set up now, you almost have to build a super team, right? You, you to right. be successful in today's NBA league, you have to build a super team or you won't win because you're just you're walking into a, a uh, taking the L before the game even starts. Yeah. You're walking in saying, we have no shot. And, and as an athlete, you, your mentality is never that. You don't. You never walk into a game and say, oh, these guys are going to kick our ass. We can't do this. We can't do that. But when you have that many guys on a team that's able to beat you by themselves at any point in time, one guy can sit down and rest, the other one can take over the game, the other two or three guys. When you got four or five guys who probably could be potential Hall of Famers on one team, it's kind of hard. It's, it almost makes it impossible to, to pull off. Did you see the latest about Kevin Durant's DMs with somebody on Instagram? Did you see that? About the fake account? or No, the, the, the newest thing. No. Because I want to hear your take as, this, as a guy who played, obviously, at the highest level. A little bit pre the super social media era, but be, you can be, certainly. Be, because it's interesting, because you missed it. So basically, this stuff was leaked yesterday. Kevin Durant, Sean, was going back and forth, not hiding, not on a burner account, his own account via Instagram direct messages with a 17-year-old kid. I mean, this is amazing to me. Like, you're Kevin Durant. You're the second best player in the world. So basically, the fan had posted this, saying that Steph Curry and LeBron, they get the most out of their teammates. And basically saying, if Steph Curry went somewhere – his team would be better. He'd get more out of his teammates. And, and I guess he broke down the percentages. Uh, you know, I don't know which stat it is of how LeBron and Steph are on. When they're on the court, how the team plays that much better. And that's actually not true with Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant got mad, and he started messaging with this. Again, it's a 17-year-old kid, and all these messages are posted. When you see that, like, what's going on in your head? Again, this guy is the second-best player, arguably, in the world, and he's – Wasting time arguing with a 17-year-old kid about his opinion on himself. 
Bravo to the seventeen-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can if you can poke the bear that much to get under someone's skin, uh, then do it. You know, but Katie's been he's he's done that before in the past yeah. with with burner accounts and and fake stuff or whatever. But this this is the thing also. I mean, it's gotten to the point now where some people really do feel like they can say anything to you on social media. Sure. And because of the position you're in, you can't say anything back. And I'm here to tell you you're, you're wrong. <laughs> you I mean you you say something to me, especially if it's completely sideways, it's so totally disrespectful, and and what I, I love have intel, intelligent arguments or debates or whatever. You that's great, but if you say something so wrong that you sh- it shouldn't be something you post, I'm gonna say something back. Now I'm not gonna keep b- the back and forth. I'm not gonna let you troll me because I don't have a, that time that type of time. But if you say something to me, I'm gonna say something back. So I don't have a problem with him saying something to the 17 year old kid. I have a problem with the conversation. I'm not going to let you do anything to ruin my day yeah. or take up my time. But I'll, I'll respond. You know, I'm, I'm a responder. I say certain things back. When you were playing, because now uh, uh, it seems like, the, and we do, we're we're guilty of it as much as anybody else. Maybe not as much as anybody else, but we're certainly guilty of it. There's a lot of ranking. It's a lot of this guy versus this guy. And to me, I always like I'll I'll rank. You know, players. I'll say I'll take this quarterback over this quarterback, but I'm always it's it's always important for me to say these dudes are doing it at the absolute highest level. Like I can't stand for the Ryan Fitzpatrick sucks. It's like dude's been playing in the league for 12 years. Right. He doesn't suck at anything that when it comes to football. But from when you were playing, did you hear the oh I'll take I'll take this linebacker over Merriman. Oh, I'll take this pass rusher over Merriman. Merriman's sixth on my list. He's eighth on my list. Is that something that you guys pay attention to? Yeah, especially like in barbershops where you go in public places, right? Or, or someone having a, a conversation or a debate out at some panel where they don't know anything about football or sports. So when you hear that the second or third string guys suck, I've, I've told plenty of people, I said it's probably the best player that you'll ever come across in your life. That third-string guy is probably the best athlete or player that you'll, if you met him before, that you'll ever meet in your entire life, that third-string guy you're talking about. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, former team of the minds one. You know, people say it all the time, he sucks, he this. You don't stay around 12 years in the NFL because you suck. Now, you might not be the greatest of quarterbacks, but you've done something right to hang around that long. And what people start to say, that's that's why it's hard for me to watch sports in public places sometimes because you have these conversations that I'm like, dude, what in the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I want to ask, ask a former professional player. I mean, how bad is Ryan Fitzpatrick? What are you talking about? Yeah, you, this and, guy's and, been... A- and, and, and you said oh, maybe he's not the best group, but you're comparing him against the other greatest. Like, he is in the 99.99999 percentile of quarterbacks that have ever right. walked the earth. Right. right, just not when you're comparing him to Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. But I always say, I mean, look at what look at what Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Tampa Bay Bucks. People were talking about Jameis Winston is going to win an MVP last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick won more games last year in four starts than Jameis Winston did. Right. It's not like you know when these guys say, "Hey, this guy sucks." To me, I just go, "Man, what these athletes must go through walking around hearing this guy sucks, that guy sucks," and 
this guy's better than this guy. Now, like, as a, as a former player, now we'll we'll call guys out. We sure, you know, but if you I see another that. linebacker, I, I will say in a second, oh man, he's terrible. Yeah. yeah. But we're talking amongst each other. You've earned yeah. that. That's we, that's the difference. You've earned that. I always say this, and you just hit on it, Sean. It's social media, and, and you missed like the height of where it's at now. It's suddenly every douchebag who hides behind a Tom Brady picture, who's too scared to even show their goddamn face, has an opinion, right? And it's like they get on there and they want to say, "Oh, you know, Joe and I." We get we're so sick of the LeBron hate. Oh, the bitch, the flop. It's like, what are you watching? You're you're literally watching arguably the greatest player of all time, and you're sitting in your shitty little apartment in Des Moines, Iowa, and are saying the flop, and you don't even have the balls to show your face. Like, I would lose my mind if I was playing. Like, I don't even know if I could go on social media because. You just get that. I don't know what people want. It, it's just haters. There's just haters everywhere. Yeah, but it's even. And I'll I'll say something in particular to that point. Which you just said. I don't know if you remember the play when LeBron got hit in the eye. Yeah. Right. When uh, his eye was completely jacked up, it was bloodshot red. Sure. And I posted a, a picture. I think on my either Twitter or Instagram because all I saw is comments like, "Oh, he's he's flopping. He's faking." And, yeah. and I said, "No, no. He just, he just got poked in the eye. His eye, literally." And I think either later on that game or the next game, it was completely bloodshot red. And I reposted another pic of his eye. And I said, well, you probably wouldn't even leave the living room with this eye, let alone go play in a playoff, you know, a championship game. It's just not going to happen. So those people, you really don't – it's fun to play with them on social media because they just say everything out the side of their ass a little bit. So it's fun social media talk. But you don't really pay that much attention to people who say things like that. Yeah. Now, before before we started the show, uh, we, we, there was a conversation going on here, and I want I want to put it out uh, on the show because I found it really interesting. We were talking about your favorite places to play uh, when when you were in the league. What stood out to you as like places like you were, you were excited to go? Or like the craziest fan bases, all that. Where was it, where was your places that stick out in your memory? Is like wow. Well, the, the black hole is always fun to go play because they are just crazy up there in general. So you go there, you never know what you might see. It's a. a you hollow, think that'll a, you think that'll stick around in Vegas? Uh yeah, Ra- yeah because it's, it's a perfect yeah, it's they're a, gonna they're gonna have stripper poles in that black hole. Oh for sure, you score and it uh, that goalpost is gonna turn into a stripper pole in a second. <laughs> um, but the second. You know, well, the next one is really up there is Kansas City. I, I used to love going to play in Kansas City, especially in you know November, December, somewhere around there, because it's cold. The fans out there are going crazy. The field is is hard. It's the best football scene atmosphere that you can possibly play in, and they go crazy out there. So, I like I, I just love always playing the villain role. So when I got a sack or a big hit and I did a lights out dance, I really really love pissing people off. There. <laughs> I mean, it it make me happy. What's your uh, going from post or from playing career to post career? Like, how does how's that affect like your your working out, your diet, all that stuff? I feel like it's always a tough transition, right? From guys when you're playing and competing at that high level, and then all of a sudden, hey, I'm not trying to kill somebody every Sunday. Yeah, your mentality changed. I was just talking to someone about it yesterday because now I have businesses, companies, and I'm always working and moving and stuff like that. So sometime in between sets or when I'm in the gym. I, I'm, I'm emailing and text messaging a lot. When I was a player, I never respond to anybody working out because I was just focused, focused for that hour and a half or two hours on what I was doing. I never talked to anyone. 
But now it's like, okay, I'm going to get my work in. I'll go do some circuit training and, and, and get to work. In. Oh, by the way, let me stop over here and, you know, talk to a few people and I'll come back to my next set or whatever I'm doing. So it's, the mentality has changed, but you don't, look, some people say, can I trim down a little bit since I played? I lost maybe about 15 pounds or so, 10 to 15 pounds. I'm not tackling anybody. <laughs> anyway, I don't have to line up against a 350-pound tackle anywhere. So for me, it's about just feeling good. I, uh, I work out probably five or, you know, five or six days a week. I don't pound the weights heavy. A lot of circuit training, a lot of MMA training um, with some of the guys I got signed to Lights Out. And I just stay flexible, and I just like to feel good. I take care of my body. But I'm not going in there putting four plates on the bench press and going all out or putting 500 pounds on the squat again. It's just not going to happen. And you're you're everywhere now. You're on, you know, like you said, you're you're on TV. You're on the local TV with the with with the I almost said San Diego <laughs> with the LA Chargers. You're on national TV. And how much uh, how much research do you have to do to to talk? You know, this coming NFL season, or are you just going, hey, I'm a football player. I watch football. I I, I trust what I see, and I'm just going to go and give my opinion. Well, you. you you, you want to get the facts, right? The facts and numbers and stuff like that before you go say anything because you, you always want to have something to back it up, right? So even though I played the game, you could be opinionated because that's what people want to hear. They want to hear what I feel about something I may have seen or been involved in or in the locker room, coaching, front office, whatever it is, fans. But you want to get the facts and numbers to support exactly what you're talking about. So you just keep up with everything that's going on. That's for me. I just keep up and I know what's going on and, you know, everything with the charges, obviously, because I'm on the, the local ABC 7 show, um, but also with ESPN because we talk about all sports. So we just talked about, you know, we talk about basketball. We can talk about football. We can talk about soccer, whatever it is. I, I watch it and I'm around it. I go to baseball games. I go to about 10 baseball games a year. I go to 20 basketball games a year I have friends that are in the game we we go out we hang out so I know the conversations and I hear what's going on so at that point now you just really giving your opinion with some facts to back it up but I play the game do you really want to hear a breakdown of percentages of what I think or why this happened because it was 67 percent completion no you don't want to hear that from me you want to hear what happens to that quarterback after he throws these three incomplete passes and he goes to the sideline what do you say that's to me what People who are watching anything that I'm on, that's what they want to hear. These days with social media and everybody has access to everybody. I mean, we have we don't have nearly the following or nearly the listenership that you have eyes and ears on you when you're doing some of these national shows. I'll say things and then people will go, Oh, you're look at that, you were wrong. How much feedback do you get when you go, Hey, I just don't you know, I think the I think the Falcons are gonna beat the Eagles in this playoff game and then the Eagles win. How much of that people come at you and go, You fucking retard you don't know what you're talking about you know it's very few very few because you ask an opinion man i gotta get a podcast i gotta get on espn you you know (laughs) i mean people will say it because you have a diehard patriots fans or you have diehard eagles fans or diehard whoever so if you say something against their team automatically they're going to fire back at you even if you say they're going to win but they're only going to win by a field goal Look, I said you guys gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you only you only by a field goal. You don't know Jack. You don't know any. Why are you there? Why the ESPN got you on? It's because it's my damn opinion. That's yeah. why. You know. And from me looking at the matchups and who and looking at the players and looking at the, at the history of whatever team player that I'm talk, talking about, that's what I think is gonna happen. 
You know, so how, how mad can someone be over your opinion? Well, I have an opinion about something. I have an opinion that Blue Apron is the only place to get your meals. Isn't that right, Joe Prano? That's the only place I get my meals. It comes right to my door. I was, I was talking to Sean about his, his diet and his regimen. We should, we should set him up with some Blue Apron meals because it will come. Do you cook, Sean? You ever cook? Never. 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 Well, Blue Apron makes it easy. They give you step-by-step instructions. You, you were talking you couldn't even make coffee this morning? No. You can make Blue Apron. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Literally, it comes with the directions. I'm not a cook either, but it comes with the directions, Sean. It comes right to your door. And best of all, guys, we get the first three meals free by going to blueapron.com. You have three strikes to try, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to blueapron.com forward slash dirty to get your first three meals free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I know you like cooking for your lady. I do. Yeah, it's just easy. Perfect meal for two. We do it together. She does a ve- she chops the vegetables. I do the grilling. So you know, it's a nice little bonding. Experience. And it's cheap. And it's cheap. Yeah. yeah. It, exactly. I, I, I eat out a lot, man. So. Uh, especially, well, <laughs> yeah. especially when it's free. So once again, guys. Go to blueapron.com forward slash dirty. That's blueapron.com forward slash dirty to get your first three meals for free. And while you're eating those blue apron meals, you got to be rocking the lights out gear, right? See, see we have it all. It all comes first. You full know, the, the blue apron meal is going to help you wear the lights out. You know, because I only go up to two x. People hit me up all the time. Oh, did you make three and four x? Eat at Blue Apron. Yeah, yeah. And uh, where the XL? That's a, yeah. So you're basically you're cutting out where I'm from, the Midwest people, because it's a bunch of fat people in Ohio where I'm from. I'm I'm getting there, but it's a little extra fabric that I got. I mean, if it fits you, let's be honest. Like, how much bigger than you do you have to do you have to provide for people? Yeah. You played linebacker in the NFL for God's sakes. Right. It's like, hey, I go to my size. That's my max. So people really come at you because you you only go up to two XL. Yeah. Yeah, a lot actually. So, like, what's what's you what you know as a brand? I would love to hear this because we live. You know how we live in such a sensitive age, and and you know body shaming. Like, like, what's your guys' response? No, we only go up to two XL. That's that's my response. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if I had to play the violin or sad music behind it or yeah. anything. Yeah. But um, you know, we we I looked at it before, and and if if the demand demand is high enough, then I'll do it. But you know, for three or four people here and there that to, to ask for it, it's it's kind of hard to venture out because now you're going into a different sector and and to what you're pushing. If what lights out, it's a very athletic sure. brand. You know, it's a very athletic brand. I mean, we have you know NASCAR and and uh, you know CrossFit people and from all different kind of backgrounds, but it's an athletic brand. So to make three and four and five X for us right now just doesn't seem reasonable. Why do you think you've been so successful? Because a lot of people post professional, you know, professional athlete careers, like they don't know what to do. You've you've turned into a businessman, a business mogul. You start your own business. What do you think? Like, why do you think that worked out for you? And what would be your advice to other athletes so that they don't, you know, make that mistake where they're broke and they don't have any money? What one of one of the biggest mistakes that that former athletes don't do in the next step is get ready. Because it all, especially in football, NFL, it stops right now. As soon as someone asks for your playbook and you know tell you you're out, then you're gone. You know, basketball is different because you're, you're guaranteed right a certain amount. So you got that time to adjust to figure out what you want to do in the next step. Um, as an NFL, in particular, athlete, you have to figure out what you want to do. And even if it's not what you gonna do, you have to figure out what you want to do. Because if you're stuck in this limbo, right, from the time that you stop playing to the next thing. It's that free time that just absolutely kills you. The free time for anybody who's lived a, 
a, a life of regiment to one day wake up and saying, hey, I don't have to do this anymore. And you're trying to figure out the next step. Even if it's not something you're going to stick to long term, do it and do it right away. Don't, um, you know, don't let this this blank spot, you know, get in your way and then trying to figure out the next spot, the, the next steps. But as a former athlete, we're menta- mentally already ready to go and be disciplined and go into whatever we're willing to do. So as soon as you figure out what you want to do, you're good to go. You're good. How did you get involved with NASCAR? Because, I mean, I'll be honest, that's interesting yeah. as as a sport where, you know, we obviously make a lot of jokes about it. And, and, and like, here you are, a former NFL player, a former black NFL player in, yeah. in a sport that's predominantly white, predominantly I don't, I don't want to shit on it, but you know we would we would call like like a lot of white trash type of people. I'm just saying, how did you find yourself in that? That's your not wanting to shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you uh, didn't shit look, on it. I don't I don't know how much worse you could have said. Yeah. That. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but so 2008, I was out the Grand Marshal and and uh, they NASCAR had me out to races in Fontana, the Sprint, okay. Sprint Cup at the time, and I had no idea about NASCAR. I thought the same thing. I thought it was a very white sport that just yeah. drove around cars very fast in a circle. I watched it on TV growing up, but never really thought a whole lot of it. Fast forward to going to the track and being a Grand Marshal, it changed everything. Me being at the track, seeing the energy, seeing the drivers, seeing how fast the cars go, and really what happened behind the scenes and what it takes to build up a team and having a crew chief and really understanding the sport. Uh, fast forward to 2016 or something like that, maybe. I met Jesse Awuji, who's my uh, driver. He's uh, from Nigeria. He's an Af- Af- African-American driver. One of two, really, in the sport. Him and you know, Bubba Wallace. And uh, I just really connected with the guy, and I didn't even know that he drove a NASCAR. From, that, from what I understood, there was only one. And at the time, I don't even think that Bubba Wallace was driving a full, a full year. So I'm like, dude, you you're black. What are you doing driving a NASCAR? That was my, that was that was my to him. Yeah. That's exactly what I said because I'm you know pretty upfront and blunt about things. I said, man, you're black. What you doing driving a NASCAR? And he was explaining to me the K and N circuit, which is a couple levels lower than the Cup races. So I was able to go in and, and get it, you know, be the owner of his car and then part owner of his team, and really just start to build from there. You know, my my hope in the next you know three to five years, I would love to. Get get more diverse drivers involved from just backgrounds of of people that came from where I came from and really just all over the country and all, all over the world. Just give them the opportunity to, to go into sport because it's expensive as hell. That's one thing I learned on the business side now being in NASCAR. It's expensive. You know, without these sponsors, without your people help to be a part of it, there's no way you can you can be in it. Well, I want to go because you brought it up. I want to go back to a, a, a sort of a theory that I have. I want I want to get your take on it. Um, you're talking about black NASCAR drivers. We've now we're now you know 15 years into the Williams sisters, especially Serena, dominating tennis. Yeah, Tiger Woods, arguably the greatest golfer of all time. These are sports that for a long time you would have said. There's an African-American athlete doing this, country club sports, NASCAR, I mean, hockey even, you know, and and it's just a cultural thing uh, that these are from places and from areas and for for certain types of people that are that weren't typically, you know, black athletes. I have a theory that between concussions, the post game, the post career treatment of players and then now this latest Sort of, you're not even allowed to have an opinion, or we'll take away your your livelihood. 
my theory is that the downfall of the NFL that everybody is going is saying, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be that no one watches because of politics. What about 20 years from now, just so many different opportunities for a young black athlete? Why are you going to choose something where you're, you might end up with a brain injury? You might end up having your paycheck stolen from you because you said something, said something somebody didn't like. Do you think there's a, the NFL has a long-term problem with keeping a young black athlete pursuing their sport? No. The NFL is never going away. Uh, because all those reasons you just said, right, I, uh, about why guys won't play, uh, concussions or the money snatched from them or other opportunities. Take a kid back from where I came, uh, grew up in PG, Prince George's County, Maryland, or in the Washington, D.C. area that has an opportunity, right, to make it to that level, make that kind of money, take care of his family, um, who, who are not presented other opportunities. Mind you, some of these sports you're talking about are very expensive. My son is eight years old. He plays hockey. And I, I can't tell you the, how expensive hockey is. It, I mean, it's ridiculous. The travel teams and and just being there and, and, and all the costs and the skates and equipment. So those those sports are, are out in inner cities because they can't afford them. So you go to the next sport that you can afford to play. And you, what sport you have a better chance at being, at being successful, then you're going to do that, which is basketball, football, you know, I guess, you know, in a the, in the sense, some, some baseball or whatnot. But those are really the, the couple sports that are more immediate for you to have success. That's what's going to be the opportunity. So the NFL is never going away. What's, what's going to happen in 15, 20 years is every so, so, hard, you know, so many years, guys are getting a lot more smarter and intelligent on how they approach the game, taking care of their bodies. Um, you know, guys that have, like we just talked about, apron, blue apron, right? You got guys eating better, having better trainers, not squatting five and 600 pounds in their back, really preserving their body and taking care of themselves. And also going in it, guys aren't trying to play 10, 15 years anymore. You see guys, after they get one big contract, they're out. Yeah. So you might have that. You might have a lot of guys hanging it up early that don't have to, because of the risk of the sport. But the NFL is never, never going away, ever. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I never would have thought that, though. And you said your son plays hockey. Does your son play football as well? Yeah, he plays football as well. And, and, and I, I didn't want him to start just yet because he's already a, a physical monster. I didn't yeah. need him out there, you know, bang. Not for his sake, for the kids. I don't need him out there, you know, getting uh, letters in the mail for <laughs> what happens to their son. Uh, but, you know, I just wanted him to play other stuff and maybe flag football, but he bugged me. He said, I want to play. So I said, yeah. okay, I, yeah. you know, no problem. But, you know, you talk about all just all the things that you're involved with. It, it just seems like even, you know, saying, oh, there's basketball, and there's a, there's also UFC, you know, there's MMA fighting, yeah. there's uh, Bellator, there's all the yeah. – there's all the. There, I just feel like the opportunities are there, and I agree with you. I don't think the NFL is going anywhere. But I do, I do wonder if it's going to draw the, the quality of athlete that it's always drawn. And, or if you're like, hey, like, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're a guy who you could have been, you could have been a boxer. You could have been an MMA fighter. You could have been, uh, you know, you, you have the build. Like a, an Odell Beckham, who's like a guy in my job, he had to choose at one point, soccer or football. And, and I, I just wonder if, if people are going to come to the point, it's like, why am I going to choose something where – if I dye my hair blonde, you know, people are going to hate me. 
for it. <laughs> like, right. You know, but you know, you say it's not going anywhere. I trust you. I trust you. I see. I see. That's my thing. I I'll take a a professional's opinion on things. This guy, he's he's been. You're involved in a lot of sports, and you were involved in the NFL. So, well, Sean, it's always a pleasure having you on, man. Man, this has been great. We 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 always we always get to the real stuff, and we also have to cover, as usual, our Philip Fudge and Rivers stories. Is is there any? But I gotta ask, real. real. I know, everybody always wants a Philip Rivers story. First of all, do you do you uh, have bolo ties at Lights Out? No. <laughs> no but if, but if Phil asked for one, I, I would get him a Lights Out bolo for sure. I'll make him. Do one. you talk to him often? Like, are uh, you guys cool? We, we talked, uh, you know, every few months or so. Okay. We, we talk, and um, you know, obviously, I think he's down in sometime in San Diego because his kids played a. Flag football, they got some league or something. He's always very. He has a whole team his, of. Yeah he, yeah, he has a football. No, team. it's it's the, <laughs> the, it's league, the Rivers family yeah. versus everybody else. The yeah. league right. is his children. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got a lot of kids. He's got eight kids. Yeah, seven or eight, I think. Man, man. he's up there. Philip, there's a lot of fudging going on. Philip <laughs> fudging Rivers. <laughs> well, that's a lot of mother fudging over well, there. Be- sure. Before we let you go, because you know you talked about it, I go, oh, people get pissed at just giving the spread wrong. Yeah. Uh, the NFL is coming up, and you're going to be on sidelines. What What are the things to look for this year in the NFL? Like, what What are the stories that jump out to you? Whether it be players, teams. I mean, I'm living in a world. This is why it was easy to walk away from the NFL for me. I'm living in a world where the Philadelphia Eagles are world champions. So this is a nice season for me to take off. But what What are the stories that you're looking for in the NFL this year that that stand out to you? Well, I, I think there's so much of the controversy with politics was so involved last year. I don't think it's going to be that big this year, right? Because I think the, the, the main jab what that happened last year, and it was unexpected. Nobody knew how to handle it. Nobody knew how to just grab a hold of it and say, we're going to do this and fix it, or this is wrong. I think coming in this year, it's, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And it's, at some point, they'll get back to just playing football and talking more about the sport. You'll have, you'll have some people still trying to make a, a living on – bringing up the politics or getting into the locker rooms, organizations, and breaking things up by talking politics. But for the vast majority looking from the outside in, I think there's going to be a big, let's talk about football again this year because the politics, the big boom has already happened. It, it can't be bigger right. than it did last yeah. year because it, it was the first time in the history of the game where it was noted like that. So that that's gone. So to me, it's fun for me because I don't I don't want to talk about you know I, I got I have friends that are you know in are politicians and I have friends that are in that world, and even when I'm with them, we don't discuss political matters. We don't. We go to lunch. We go to dinner. We talk about something completely different. Um, and hopefully this year to get back to that and talking about football. Well, I want to say uh, I'm I'm taking your advice. I'm supporting players. I'm going to go to my favorite player's brand. Everybody's got one. I'm going to go to my favorite player's brand. I'm going to get their gear, and I'm certainly going to go to the Lights Out at Lights Out brand and get your gear and support you as a, as a former player. And We get 50% off. We get 50% off. off. Yeah. The Dirty Sports is the promo code. Yep. Yeah, and I'm just going to be doing the Lights Out dance everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> on your haircut. Do it, yeah. at, do it at Tilly's, and if they don't have Lights Out, do it on the register. That's what everybody <laughs> should do. And, Sean, where can everybody follow you on social media? It's uh, at Sean Merriman on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, the company's is, is uh, at Lights Out Brand on Instagram and Twitter. So. And like we said, send us some videos, send us some pics, rocking the Lights Out Brand gear, doing the dance, the Lights Out dance, everywhere.
especially on top of uh, cash registers at Tilly's. Yeah, yeah. And that, if you're and if you're down in uh down in the stadium, come football season, yell at Sean. See if you can get Sean to go do it, into, man. Go into the. I love being around people. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, Joe. You got any shows you want to push? JoePerno.com for all my shows. At Fix Your Life on Twitter, Joe Perno on Instagram. You guys, you guys know where to find it all right now. Yeah, DirtySports.com, AndyRuther.com, at AndyRuther. Sean, it's a pleasure as always. We, 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 we got to not do it every, every – I think we're about every two years or every year and a half at this point. Yeah, we got to fix that. We got to get, get back during football season get the, get hot take Sean in here once – you know, three, four weeks into the NFL. We'll be like, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, per- give, give me when something big just happened too because, you know, I don't really – for me, I, I, to talk about the same thing that everybody else is talking about and just kind of chime in, I, I don't do that even on social media. It's not really worth my time. But when I see something that somebody needs to hear, what – what I think about that particular situation, I'm going to step in. Other than that, I'm not trying to get my social media game up by just chiming in and talking about stuff that's unimportant. So when something big happened, y'all hit me up. Well, here's what we'll do. When Philip Rivers drops that first F-bomb on live <laughs> TV, we're going to bring Sean in to give his there analysis of it. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the show. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies. <laughs>